Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Soul Talk with Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. In our Fundamental of God series, I feel like one of the classic questions, Rabbi, now that we've really been step-by-step trying to really understand who is God, how involved is God in our lives and the running of the world. And of course, I think the classic, a really classic and big question, once we understand that nothing exists outside of God, we are all a part of God, nothing is out of God's awareness, God is intimately involved in the details of our lives. The big question then leads to how do we have a sense of free will? If God knows everything that's going on, God is completely involved. It's not like he set the world into motion and then left it to just, you know, us to make the choices without him being involved in what goes on. How do we have this capacity for free will in light of God being so all encompassing and so involved in the world in our lives? Excellent. Yes. Well, uh, there's not going to be any way around this. It is a paradox. Uh, the paradox is uh, is uh, laid out in the Perkei Avot and chapters of our fathers. Hashem sees it all. And yet permission has been granted. Meaning uh, somehow Hashem knows exactly what's going on and somehow I still have free choice. And it's something that our our, our logical minds cannot grasp. It is something beyond the either or. Uh, and uh, there were, you know, different opinions um, about, and we talked about that last time, how involved God is in the world. But nonetheless, a primary, uh, a key concept in Judaism is that we have free choice. Because if we don't have free choice, then the whole idea of commandment is a is is ridiculous it's uh it's it's illogical a commandment means there's a commander and a commanded and the commanded can choose to do it or choose not to do it if uh if if otherwise we just be pre-programmed why didn't god just simply program us to keep the commandments which wouldn't be called commandments uh because we have come into this world in fact the real reason we're in this world is to make choices. And yet, um, this actually works well with uh, the upcoming holiday of Purim, uh, because Purim does describe this strange irony. Here you have this man, Haman, evil man, has chosen to, to, to murder the entire Jewish people. <clears throat> there seems to be absolutely no interference in his choices and his plans and the steps that he takes towards our destruction and yet mysteriously it all turns around and he 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 he, he ends up uh, undermining himself mm. and there's no hand of god that's what's interesting about the story of purim the name of god is not mentioned anywhere in the megillah in the story of purim because um because there is no obvious intervention and he seems to be allowed to do everything he wants to do. And yet mysteriously, everything he chooses to do uh, to destroys us actually destroys himself. Same idea we find in the story of uh, King Pharaoh, 
uh, Pharaoh wanted to really kill the Messiah, the Jewish people, according to the old tradition. He was told that the downfall of the Messiah would be water. And he was afraid that the Messiah, the Jewish people would be born and he would lead the Jewish people out of Egypt and he would lose his workforce. So um, he decided that he would kill all the Jewish boys because he knew that amongst those Jewish boys is Mashiach. And his astrologist told him that the Messiah, the Jewish people will be, will, will be brought down through water. So therefore, the way to get rid of him is to drown him. And so what happens is the mother of Moses puts Moses in a little, little boat and puts him in a, um, the reeds of the, of the river. And the astrologers say, okay, he's been the, the Messiah, whoever he is. We don't know who he is, but the Messiah has been thrown into the river. And sure enough, who happens to walk by at that moment is Pharaoh's daughter. And she picks him up and she takes him home. And um, surely Pharaoh must know this must be a Jewish boy. You know, where did you find this kid? Uh, well, he was somewhere in the, in the water. But he thought that the Messiah, the Jewish people, was already killed because his astrologer said that he'd been thrown into the water. They didn't know that he was been thrown into water in a boat. <laughs> and so who actually raises and gives Moses the education to become a leader and to become the Messiah, the Jewish people? It's Pharaoh himself. So again, you have this strange twist. Pharaoh is being allowed to make his choices, uh, play out his plan, and yet somehow his plan actually turns around and serves the best interest of the Jewish people. Same thing with the story of the, the brothers of Joseph. The brothers of Joseph are very disturbed by Joseph's dreams that seem to indicate that he has some kind of image of himself being in control and perhaps, uh, you know, taking, taking over uh, sovereignty of the Jewish people without their permission. Surely they thought they would never give him permission to be their leader and their king. They would never bow down to him. Uh, and they felt that he was a threat to the future of the Jewish people, decided to kill him, but then decided to have compassion and rather than kill him, sell him as a slave and get rid of him and, 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 and his dreams. And sure enough, what basically happens is the fact that they sold him as a slave is precisely what enabled him to become the leader of Egypt. And they, in fact, do end up bowing down to him. And again, the same thing. They made choices. And that is what Joseph says to them when he reveals himself to them. He says, you had bad intentions, but God had good intentions. Hmm. And so... You know, the idea of free choice um, is, is a mystery. You can choose to do other than God's will, and yet no matter what you choose will serve God's purpose. And that's a mystery. It's an irony. So, Rabbi Aaron, if whatever I, choices that I make will be serving God's purpose anyhow, then what difference do my choices actually make? Well, that's a fabulous question. Because the truth is, the choices you make make a difference, a huge difference to you. Because although the choices you make do not determine the, uh, the outcome of your choices in terms of the outside world, they do determine your inside world. 
there, your choices are a lot more serious than choosing what you do, but choosing how you define yourself, who you are. Uh, in other words, if I knew that there is one God, and although I'm not God, I'm one with God, and 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 uh, and, and and one with God, and one with everybody else through God. Uh, but I'm not God, and therefore I do have free choice. But if I knew I was one with God, and so to speak, in God, part of God. Why would I choose to go against God's will? Um, that would be ridiculous. It, it, it only is a sure sign that you don't believe this. If you truly believe that God was one and you were one with God, why would you choose to do other than God's will? Even though you could choose to do other than God's will, why in the world would you do that? I'll give you an example. You know, imagine um, my... Uh, Maybe I mentioned this in, in a previous talk. I don't remember. But imagine my wife asks me to do the dishes. So here are my choices. I could either say to myself, oh, she's trying to control me. Who's she to tell me what to do? No, no, I won't do it. Or I could be in complete surrender and say, okay, okay, okay. Don't hurt me. Don't punish me. Or I could say, well, I'm not her. I, I surely have the choice to choose to do other than her will. But why would I choose to do other than her will when we are one? And so I choose to say yes. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us not simply to do good, but to choose to do good. And that's where our choices make a huge difference. They not only determine our actions, uh, and they won't determine in terms of the long run whether they will serve God's purpose, because every choice we make will serve God's purpose. But will it serve my purpose? And my purpose is to come to a deep self-awareness of myself as part of the greater whole, the greater God, the oneness of God, which is my ultimate reward in, so to speak, my, my, my heaven, so to speak. Hmm. You know, it's very, really mind-blowing what you're saying. Because I think understanding um, how we have free will and the purpose of our free will is also a really foundation of what we're here for. Because what you're saying is our choices don't affect God's plan, what's supposed to happen. Um, so meaning we're not here to create changes in the world, so to speak, as much as we're here to change ourselves. Because it sounds like what you're saying is that the only effect my free will choices have is on the kind of person I become. Right. But I wouldn't even use the word change who we are, I would say, awaken to who we are. We are, although not God, we are a part of God, like as I've mentioned many times, as the baby is within the mother and a part of the mother and yet not the mother. And every choice I make defines a little bit more how I perceive myself. It's an awakening to a self-awareness. That's what we're here in this world to do. We're to awaken to our true selves as not God, but part of God and able to have a relationship with God and experience love for and from God. And every time you make that choice, uh, you awaken a little bit more to who you are when you choose God's will. But when you choose to go other than God's will, then clearly you are reinforcing this mistake in your mind that somehow you are separate and independent and self-contained. Mm. Wait, so just to clarify this last point, because this is very significant. The choices that I make don't change me. They awaken me to different parts of myself. 
Uh, let's put it this way. When you choose other than God's will, you're going with your ego. When you choose to do God's will, you're awakening to yourself as a soul. The ego is a deluded sense of self that tells me that I'm self-contained, self-sufficient. Ego stands for editing God out, and that's mm. what we do, EGO. We are editing God out of our lives. Uh, but when we choose to do the will of God, although we could have chosen to do other than the will of God, uh, we are awakening to our true selves. And, and, that's, and, and so, you know, kind of think of it as, awakening yourself a little more, a little more, and becoming more aware of yourself as one with and a part of God, or putting yourself to sleep and, 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 and dreaming a, a nightmare that you are apart from God and separate of God. Hmm. Let me ask you, to me, what's a big question as you're developing this step-by-step, -step, which is so helpful. I feel like a lot of times um, I included, but people struggle with trying to differentiate sometimes what's God's plan and what's a consequence of a choice I made. So it could happen, let's say in marriage partner, is this because God needed me to marry this person and no matter what I would have married this person, or if, let's say a marriage that didn't work out. Um, or is it because I made a bad choice? Uh, the way a child ends up turning out, the person can, you know, be looking back and saying over and over again, is, was this going to happen no matter what, because this is this child's journey, or had I made different choices as a parent, things would have been different. Meaning sometimes it's clear to us, this is God's plan, and I have to accept that's what God wants. Sometimes it could seem, though, and this is the question, that I might have made a certain choice that led to certain consequences, um, and my response, depending on how I understand it, might be very different, of acceptance versus regret and guilt. Right. Well, I don't know if it's ever so clear that it's God's plan. I don't know who I am to determine that. Maybe I think it's God's plan and maybe this is God's challenge to me. I, I don't know. I, I just know that the, the game of life is choice and risk. And a choice is always a risk. And that risk is, you know, is, 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 this, is this God telling me to stop and quit and do something else? Or is this God asking me to up my game and be courageous and push forward? And, and, and that's the choice I have to make. It has to be a reasonable choice, but it's not going to be a conclusive choice because choice is never conclusive. It's not two plus two equals four. Most of my life is not a math equation. And most of my life, I have to make choices that always have some element of risk. The question is, how high is that risk? How reasonable is that risk? And what are my intentions? Because it really, you know, uh, Judaism teaches when a person has good intentions, God considers that to be as if you have done a good act. When a person has bad intentions, God does not consider that to be a bad act. So it's a win game here, you know, but, but I want to ask myself, are my intentions pure? Is that what I want? Do I turn to God and say, God, you are good almighty. You are love almighty. God, in the name of love and good, what would be the right choice for me to do? What is the, 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 the best choice for me to make? And maybe you'll get a little premonition inside you. Maybe you're not, but you have to take not, what I, not the leap of faith, but I call it a skip of choice. Hmm. 
But then I'm just, again, want to clarify this because I feel like it's also important. In certain ways, I'm thinking like there's a philosophical side of this coin and a practical side. The philosophical side could be there's God's plan and certain things have to happen no matter what I choose, certain things will still happen. But then there's the practical side of do I know, I may not know whether this was part of God's plan. It had nothing to do with the choice I made, or it could be a certain choice I made created a certain set of circumstances. But the practical side is not the philosophical side. The practical side is stay focused on, I'm in this situation. What, what, now what do I need to choose as a response to it? Meaning I always should practically be in that, in that space of the game, game playing. That's right. And you always have to ask yourself, what do I believe is the choice that would best serve good and love in the world you know now again that sounds really big the world but in my marriage with my children with my relationship with my co-workers whatever it is but is you know i always want to and i pray that i will have the clarity to make choices that are always in the interest of bringing greater good and greater love and compassion in, in, into my life and the life of others around me and that I'm should thinking- be all I ask for, and that's mm. all I, I should base my choices on. Not what will make me the biggest buck here, not what will promote my name in the world more, but what will bring and serve the greater good. And I always live in, in service of the highest good and the greatest love and the sweetest compassion. I'm thinking the power of focusing on continuing to make choices, which is really what we're here for, is that it's very forward thinking. It's not getting us stuck in the past because if I'm always, let's say, regretting a choice I already made, but if I'm supposed to be focused on not thinking always back on what was, but looking forward to now this is the set of circumstances, what choice do I need to make? And and having that parameter of what is the choice that will bring the greatest good. But if that's what I'm focused on, then I'm always moving forward and not getting stuck in, in what has happened in the past. Right. I, I, I say we have to let the past pass. Let it pass, get going, keep moving forward. You know, when I learned how to drive when I was a teenager, my driving teacher said that when you're going to move into a lane, you look quickly behind you to make sure there's no blind spot, somebody, you know, coming to your side, and then you move forward. But you don't look back unless it helps you move forward. And I realize that that's a good lesson for life, too. Don't look back if it doesn't help you move forward. Hmm. And moving forward is all about, and again, what you're really clarifying here is making choices. Any given set of circumstances. And, 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 and there's really one big choice in our life. You know, the golden rule of, of Torah is love your neighbor as yourself. And that is the general principle whereby all the details of Judaism is to enable us to accomplish love your neighbor as yourself. And this becomes the question. The question is, is this a choice that will better better myself and those around me is this a choice that's coming from a place of love Hmm. and that if we can all live our lives in that level of choice box and that's the guiding light for us to make choices i think we will be in a better place and the world will be in a much better place i want to thank you all for joining us you'll have the choice life that's right (laughs) i want to thank you for joining us soul talk rabbi david aaron and leora mandel If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us.
by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dots, and I'm calling from the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dots from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 